0: It is, like, yellow here. The sky's yellow, orangey, but mostly yellow in downtown. Yeah. It's so spooky.
1: I feel bad, too, because, like, for me, I see, like, the cool aesthetic part of it. because I, I love Blade Runner, but, like, for you guys, I can't even imagine actually visually seeing that.
0: It is... Uh, it's not as insane as it has been in other places, uh, but it is really, really eerie and it's an uncomfortable feeling and you couple it with like kind of the energy that's already there because of everything going on right now. Yeah. And it just feels so like sticky and heavy here. It's <laughs> I have little air filters all next to the windows in my house and I'm just trying my best not to breathe in everything that's going on. But I had to go to my car yesterday and I parked my car outside and it's yeah. just covered in ash.
1: And Our like, rooftop
0: is covered in ash.
1: And the air quality is, is like it's really, like, bad? Like, how is it going outside? Is it, like...
0: I haven't been going out there very much. Yeah. Uh, I went to the roof earlier to walk my dog, and it wasn't awful, but it seems like throughout the day it's actually been getting worse. Yesterday it was kind of sunny. Today it's, like... Here, I'll show you. I don't know if you can really see. It's just yellow. Yeah. I don't of, know if you yeah. can though a little bit yeah but it's, it's just getting worse as time goes on so I think next time I walk him I'm just gonna wear one of my masks to be careful I don't know but my air filters I put them all next to the window and they were all turning whatever color means terrible air as soon as I put them over there because it's just really really smoky
1: yeah uh for me uh I didn't take it in until after the fact cuz I saw a couple of tweets and they were like this is really bad like this isn't a blade this isn't a blade runner meme like people are actually going through something and then I was like yeah that's yeah I should probably cuz for me I was like this is so cool like this is like like my computer background's blade runner so
0: So you like Blade Runner? Yeah, um I guess in theory it is cool, but yeah, it's um it's very it's getting super apocalyptic. Yeah. And it's really, really creepy. I have uh, one of my friends who lives in Long Beach, which is like an hour from me. She sent me a video at like one p.m. yesterday, and it was pitch black outside, like orange black. She couldn't see. She was outside with her cat, and you yeah. couldn't. It was like midnight. It was insane.
1: I saw, So I saw, it, um, it's
0: dangerous for sure. Some
1: videos <laughs> of Oregon. It was like red, like red. I've never seen that before in my life.
0: Yeah, it's bad. And it was, I'm so used to the heat because I'm from Texas. So at first when people kept posting all of these stories about, oh my God, it's 109. I'm like, yeah, okay. And, yeah, but it's, that's so hot for this area of the U S and, uh, it's definitely really, really scary. And it's definitely so shocking to me that some people still don't understand that this is climate change. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have family members who're like, no, climate change is not real." I'm like, "Do you think so?" While well, the entire that side of the yeah, <laughs> country is on should, fire, is that what not you feel think? Like this. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not a laughable matter though. It is very serious, but it's creepy out here for sure.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, like I said, round two again. Um, <laughs> let me reintroduce myself uh, again. My name is Drew Osmond. You know, Studio One is a platform I built really for the city of Toronto, so we can have our own platform, you know, instead of looking outwards, you know, having something that we have, you know, we used to have much music and MTV Live, that's what I kind of grew up with my childhood, but over time, you know, they never quite found a new home, and when those things went away, it was kind of like, shocking, because for a lot of people, you know, we see Drake and The Weekend, and Toronto's a big city, but really, in the city, there's not a lot of platforms that have our artists really being on display. So I really built studio One yeah. for that. Uh, also gives me an opportunity to interview artists like yourself, artists that I really want to talk to, international acts, acts across Canada. So thank you so much for being that on it again. <laughs> You're
0: having me. I'm excited. Round two is better. Second yeah. time is, what is it? Second time? We're going to say second time is always the charm. I think it's third time, but it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we begin, just uh. Briefly introduce yourself a little bit, and then we'll just get started. Sure.
0: I'm Lou Ridley. I'm a soul country artist uh, from Texas. Currently in LA, probably moving soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So I know uh, we discussed before, but um, I know you again you touched upon it with growing up in Texas, growing up in a ranch. Um, for you, I guess. Um, how was it? You know, living in that. I guess, community as a child, you know, and then, um, at which point does music become a factor into your life? And looking back on it, like, how is it from your perspective?
0: Um, I think growing up in, uh, in a smaller place was nice. Uh, growing up, you know, putting my hands in the dirt was healthy. Um, especially ever after having perspective of living somewhere like Los Angeles and downtown mm-hmm. where it's so concrete. Um, I really, uh, I really think it, it helped shape me as far as when I discovered music. I always wrote poetry and I always sang, but I didn't know if I was any good and I didn't grow up with a narrative that like i could explore my creative talents it was like you need to be a doctor or an attorney and i was like okay cool so um as i got older and more independent i was like you know what i don't want to be a doctor or an attorney um but it actually i didn't start pursuing music professionally or even really thinking that i could until i was in college so I got a late start. Um, I My dad got me a guitar when I was younger, but it was just sort of to like placate to my irritating desire for wanting to try music. Uh, but I never got a chance to do lessons and, and get any formal training because it was, it was an afterthought my entire childhood.
1: Yeah. And, Growing up too and, and you know, being in this small town, I know it's where in college you kind of veered into the music world and I can really do this. Um, talk to me about how much change has really happened in the industry. I know we talked about it before with, you know, the internet being this new tool for artists, still relatively new for artists, and you building your own studio, you know. Talk to me about knowing that like with the internet now, these things are really, really possible because, you know, being in a small town like you were, I know you eventually moved in LA, you know, the internet wasn't really like that before. So talk to me about how much of a key that really is for artists like yourself and this new DIY thing.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting because when I first started doing music, Twitter, I mean, I'm aging myself here, but Twitter had just sort of started to become a thing. And when Twitter first started, I fell in love with it because I could connect. It was a thing for the biggest people you can think of at the time were on Twitter and they interacted with you. So it was like this crazy thing where like, I never really got into Facebook. I didn't get it. But like Twitter was this real tool where I was really connecting with real people who were out there in LA doing their. Cause at the time I was in school, they were out in LA doing it. And I was like, this is crazy. So as time went on, obviously Twitter has turned into something else. I still love Twitter very much. Um, And then now all these other platforms have presented themselves. And I think that it's an incredibly valuable tool because it gives us as artists the freedom to connect with the people that are actually a fan. And it also gives us the opportunity to create... a brand and create an identity that people attach to without the use of a major label or like major label people telling you, okay, well you need to do this lane or that lane. I can make a song in my bedroom and put it on SoundCloud. I don't have to worry. And now like with DistroKid and stuff, I mean, people can just release stuff and put it out into the universe. And I think that that's valuable, even as artists are trying to figure out exactly their identity as an artist and as a creative having the ability to experience that with an artist for people is really exciting. That's why you always hear people like, Oh, I knew the weekend way back. I used to find him way back that people love that shit. People like growing with artists and now they can do that in a very unique way. And for me, I love responding to messages and communicating with people that could be doing anything in the world, but are choosing to listen to my music or support me as an artist. That's, I talk to y'all all day. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. So yeah. it's an
1: incredibly valuable tool. I feel like people are so, it becomes so normalized. People really do like forget, you know, like on the note of Twitter, you know, uh, me following Biz and him sharing your music is how I discovered you. It's it's things like that were not possible back, you know, in the day. You know, I know I'm only 25, but I grew up with LimeWire. So I'm not too far away from that whole, you know, lifestyle but um going on to cowboys don't cry cowgirls don't cry um that ep um for you were you in the process of like i'm just gonna release music um and see how it goes or for you as a fan of music were you like this is my ep i want it exactly the way i want it um you know the even cowgirls you know going back to that kind of um lineage of being on a farm and things like that, how important was that all for you?
0: So, um, when I first started pursuing music, there was a period where I got a lot of attention from labels because they were like, who is this tiny little white woman with this voice? But fortunately, nothing really panned out. And after that time period passed, I tried to mingle with different people and get in different sessions and something just didn't sit right with me. And then I was in a relationship for a really long time. And during that relationship, I was putting a lot of energy into the other person and not a lot of energy into myself. So I went years without doing anything except writing things down in a notebook. And I took a break from music because, uh, I was just like, you know, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this professionally. Like I'm always going to be a musician. That's not going to change, but perhaps a profession in it and income with it isn't in the cards for me, um, which is not the case at all, but it's, I went through a period where I felt like that. And yeah. I think a lot of people do in whatever kind of creative field they're in, you kind of hit this low point where you're like, does anyone give a fuck about what I'm doing? Yeah. And so at the end of my relationship I started to feel really empowered as it was ending. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to go meet with producers. I don't need to go to big expensive studios. I don't need to go to fucking Paramount studios and knock against it, but I don't need to go there. Yeah. So I told my friend, Kyle Ross, who's incredible. I was like, I'm just going to build a studio in my house and then uh, pay musicians to come over and help me kind of actualize the production that I'm hearing. So Kyle helped me build a studio in my house. And then My friend Keith, who Kyle introduced me to, would come over and i pay him to teach me logic and then help me produce songs. So Cowgirls is really my first step into being completely independent in the way that I approach things. And I needed that. I needed to re-empower myself and fall back in love with the creative process because... It is easy to get caught up in the rest of the minutia when you're an artist and yeah. especially in a place like LA because so much of the conversations don't really center around the art as it relates to the industry. A lot of people are like, well, how many followers do you have? Well, how old are you? Well, blah, blah, blah. So I needed that time. And that EP was a, like a last ditch effort to the person I was with to sort of communicate them and tell them how I was feeling in the relationship Um which uh, again, grateful that it uh, didn't work because that relationship needed to end. Um, and then once I finished it, I was like, oh, you really can do this shit yourself, which goes back to your previous question. Yeah, like we're in an era where I can buy annoyment online and I can fucking YouTube how to, you know, set something up in logic if I don't get it or I have a friend I can pay to come over and teach me. We're not, we don't have to make use of those big studios and the, the kind of hoopla of it all. Obviously, ideally, I'd be recording vocals and an insane vocal yeah. booth with an insane setup on like a telefunken. But, you know, I'm not there right now. And that's OK because it's all part of the process. You know,
1: Yeah. Um, I know we've talked about, you know, origin in Texas, um, living in L.A., um, what does Nashville represent for you? Because I know a few times we've talked and you've been in that city, um, especially with you know the whole countryness of Nashville being so iconic. What's Nashville represent for you? And, and especially <laughs> Dolly Parton. I'm sorry, Dolly Parton. Okay, being, I love yeah.
0: Dolly. <laughs> so my first trip to Nashville was actually a few weeks ago. So I released that single Poor Baby and it got it caught the attention of quite a few people in Nashville. And so I met an incredible gentleman who is now my attorney and he was like you need to come to nashville because people are asking who this girl is that's doing this kind of country fusion shit yeah and i'm like all right and i've never been to nashville so i just got back last week um and i'm actually moving there um <laughs> it was incredible and for me i i got really re-inspired about my relationship with the music industry, because there the conversations you're having with labels and publishers and songwriters and producers has a totally different uh, energy than it does in LA. And of course there are good people everywhere, but for me, Nashville really makes a lot of sense. And my attorney was getting me in the room with incredibly legendary people. And they're like, texting my manager, when is she coming back? Da, 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 da. There's yeah. so much follow through and there's an eagerness to just connect and really, really be musical together. And I haven't had that experience so much in LA. Um, so Nashville means the world to me because I do just want to be barefoot in the grass, writing music. So I, I found so many kindred spirits in Nashville that, um, I'm actually I haven't told everybody yet, but I'm telling you. So I'm gonna move there in a couple months with my best friend.
1: Yeah, because I feel like Nashville. I know there's you know New York, LA, London, but and country, of course, it's kind of like a Twitter meme, you know, who listens to country, things like that. But Nashville, they really care about their music, and they really it's genuine, and it's real, and even like songwriters over there, they really work together. So. I do think I do think for the music that you know you make and the way you approach it, I think Nashville would be a, a real perfect fit for you. And I am glad to hear that it is.
0: It is, and like, um, I'll send you some of the stuff when we're done with the Zoom. But a lot of the new stuff I haven't released yet, but I did give it to some of the people in Nashville, and they're all it's the, the common thread is like I'm sort of creating a fusion of genres that doesn't exist right now. Um, and that can be really intimidating for labels because You know where do you put someone when it doesn't there's not a formula that exists yeah so soul country isn't a thing a lot of people are doing and especially in the way that i'm doing it but it's just how it happened to manifest itself right so like i've also found that people in nashville are really excited to embrace the challenge of what it looks like to sort of create this lane with me um and i love that eagerness to do something new and be a part of something and sort of just collaborate on it, I found that to be really exciting. So I'm like, okay, I need to just be out here. And I found a five bedroom house for what I pay to live here in yeah. LA in a tiny loft. So <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah.
1: and to the point with um the more openness and natural, you know, I think we do the industry that we're in right now, you know. Is- genre list, right so i think um it, of course you know when you do things that are brand new and nobody's seen it before it's hard to really you know gauge it but i do think the industry that we're in now you know in, in terms of how we talked about the internet now and things like that i think it, it does help an artist like yourself in that vein of i don't really know what i'm listening to anymore when i listen to a song and i think that will that kind of aids aids the music that you know you're thinking, thinking about doing and doing right now i think it will help you
0: and a lot of people are out there fusing genres, it's just that the, the method for a long time has been that you have to fit this very specific mold. And I think going back to us being able to create uh, more independently, people are realizing that they're not one singular sound and so much now that it's insane to ask an artist and a creative to be in a tiny little box for the sake of digestion. I think that that's an insult to those of us who are consuming as well, that we're not smart enough to be able to conceptualize a multifaceted sound. Like on the contrary, we welcome it. We just don't always get it. So um, I I think there are a lot of talented people that are doing this kind of shit. And I think it's really great that there are people in high places that want to take that challenge on and want to, create something new or different with artists
1: yeah and um going back to because usually you know when I get to the end of interviews you know I know I tell you this like this the rest of the the year going shows like that and things like that but getting close to the end of it I really want to ask you because you touched upon it you know this idea of will this work I'm not sure if this is going to work um now of course you sound you know more confident in the way you're approaching your music and things like that um going back to that time did you see yourself finally being at this part of your musical career and being confident and, um, for artists that get stuck in that, you know, whirlwind of not really knowing what's advice you can tell them in terms of, you know, maybe just keep pushing through or what's up, what's something like that really helped you? I know your house is like a, kind of like a garden around it. You know, how is that is plant something that kind of meditates you and helps you when you go through it problems?
0: I think I'm just an extreme caretaker and in lieu of a relationship, I have just adopted so many plants. I would adopt animals too if I had the space, which is another reason I'm so excited to move. But in terms of like the shift for me out of being, cause I used to be so scared to perform and I obviously was like, Oh, I'm not 12. So I don't know if anyone will even listen to my music anymore. Cause I'm not dancing on TikTok, mm-hmm. And that there had to be a part of me that knew better because Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. So I know there was a part of me that was like, no, you can do this. But that voice gets really quiet sometimes. And I think if we can be more mindful of the fact that whatever we have going on up here is what's happening out here, we'll start to change the relationship we have with ourselves And I think that's the most important thing. Like I've gotten to the point where even if something happens that I guess someone would look at it as, as a negative thing, I forced myself at first and now it comes natural to look at it. And it's like, okay, I'm grateful for this because I must have needed it in order to get to the next step. So for me, there's no question of like, will I make it? It's when and how. And every time I hit a hiccup, if I wait long enough, I always have a complete answer as to why I needed it. Even the relationship, everything, everything that's ever happened. And if you can take a moment to do that and realize that you, the world is in perfect order and you are perfect how you are, you just get to create whatever you want to see in front of you and just go for it. There's no, like people are gonna judge you whether you hide in your house or you have, you know, we can say wild shit on Twitter people are going to have something to say. So you may as well find comfort in the fact that you were created uniquely to give across whatever message you're communicating and then just fucking grab your nuts and go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, for you, uh, looking forward, you know, um, with this recently new single, for people that really listen to your music and check you out, is there you know, a new EP on the horizon? Um, are you probably i guess with the ep you know, confirming with your your head shake um what about like <laughs> what about like an album you know what what's an album to you a debut album what's that look like you know is it something that you're excited for
0: yeah i mean i have as with all creatives i have 100 songs that are just sitting there i'm gonna do an ep first um i think i think that's uh that's a better way to have an introduction for people who are unfamiliar with me. I don't want to overwhelm people. And I think, I think an album, I don't feel in my spirit that an album is what I need to do right now. I think EP, um, because the cowgirls EP was so, um, woe is me, please love me. And this new EP is like, actually you can go fuck yourself. So I (laughs) had, I got to get through that cycle of emotion. And like, as a woman, I'm out of it. So I'm done writing that super angry, not angry, just, uh, I'm an Aries, so kind of vengeful music. Um, and then I think an album gets to be the next thing that I do as I work with all of these new creatives in Nashville and even the ones that I've now met in LA through Nashville. Um, but I would also love for the album to be something that has a large machine behind it so that I have more opportunity to reach more people because although we can create all day independently, um, there is still there is still plenty of gatekeepers and processes in order to get the exposure that every person truly deserves, but that is more difficult to get playlisted and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, EP is soon, an album is when the machine gets even bigger.
1: Yeah, and um, taking away as a last question, taking away from music, what's something that you're excited for? Um, living in Nashville, you know, does it? Re- I guess I haven't been in Nashville, but does it remind you of growing up in Texas? You know, is that the allure there? What about Nashville? Taking away music, you know, what are you really excited for? Uh,
0: it does remind me of being home. I'm really excited to fall asleep to the sound of cicadas because that's what I used to do when I was little. And I found that when I was in Nashville, I slept like a baby and I never sleep in LA. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for uh, to create a, you know a little rescue with my best friend, Bethany. We're going to get some chickens and we're maybe going to get some goats depending on which property we choose. Um, and just create Ridley Ranch, which has always been in my vision, um, but didn't seem as tangible as it actually is. So just to be connected with other living beings and be barefoot outside, like I said, and drink sweet, pea, sweet tea on a front porch and like yeah. <laughs> just all of that except mosquitoes. Everything about Nashville and nature minus mosquitoes. <laughs>
1: um finally again um thank you so much for uh you know doing this again um so my bad for it not recording but i can confirm everything is recorded everything is going perfectly well um yeah. i'm really happy that you've you know you've found a place within yourself where you know the music is great but you also feel great in your own skin i think that's amazing i think um the best music really does come from artists that really find themselves so amazing to hear that you've found yourself um In this moment, um, again, thank you so much for being on Studio One. Um, Looking forward to the future music, and of course, you know, hopefully when the world
0: spins on its axis again, I'll see you live in Toronto. Oh my God, yes, you will. Also, can you text me so that I can send you some of the new demos? Yeah, for sure. Okay, amazing. Okay, well, thank you for having me for the second time, and I'll talk to you soon. For sure. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye! Studio One.